This is episode number 853 with Chase Jarvis. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Pablo Picasso said, every child is an artist. The problem is staying an artist when you grow up. Welcome to today's interview. I've got my man, Chase Jarvis, who I've known for about a decade, who's coming on to talk to us about creativity, how to find your creative calling, how to cultivate creativity in your life already. If you don't think you're an artist or you don't think you're creative, how to tap into that and so much more. And if you don't know who Chase is, he's a photographer, a director, an artist, entrepreneur, and the co-founder and CEO of Creative Live, which is an online education platform that empowers creators with powerful new skills and inspirational mentorship. I've done a few courses on Creative Live myself over the years. They do an incredible job. And anyone interested in learning has access to visionaries, leaders, and professionals within the area of expertise they want to learn. Today, Creative Live boosts 1,500-plus curated classes, 650-plus world-class instructors, and more than 10 million students. It's a powerful platform. Creative Live has been featured in Business Insider, Entrepreneur, Mixer G, to name a few. And Chase has got a new book out right now. It's super inspiring. It's called Creative Calling, and it's about establishing a creative practice to infuse meaning vitality, and success into your work and life. And in this interview, we talk about how creativity is all around us. It exists in everyone, and it's essential for work and life. We talk about the toxicity of the starving artist myth and how to empower yourself as an artist to make money. The power of reframing creativity as a practical habitual practice in everyday life, how to manage a creative craft when it isn't going anywhere, and how to know when to quit your creative craft, how to build powerful relationships as part of your art, as my belief is that's the secret to generating wealth as an artist, and so much more. I am pumped about this one. Get ready. Make sure to share with a friend who you know needs more creativity in their life, or text it to a friend who's a creative artist right now. The link is lewishouse.com slash 853, or you can just take the link on Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening to this on Spotify or any podcast platform and text it to one friend, text it in a WhatsApp group message and post it on your Instagram story and tag me, Lewis House and Chase Jarvis, so we can know uh, what you're listening to and if you're enjoying it while you're listening to this. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with benefits like four times membership rewards points that adapt to your top two eligible spending categories every month on up to $150,000 in purchases per year and up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. 
If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right, cash back isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And there are no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. So many of us love coffee, like the living for it type of love. Some like it hot, some like it iced with a splash of creamer, and some like it with a cold foam topping. Many of us stop into coffee shops on our way to work more often than we'd like to admit. But now, thanks to International Delight Cold Foam Creamer, you can make cold foam coffee at home, or in my team's case, in the office, and it's a game changer. I was just chatting with a teammate of mine about our love for the occasional sweet treat coffee. Sometimes, it's just the thing you need as a pick-me-up on a busy day and we just stocked our office fridge with international delight cold foam creamer and it never misses the team's favorite flavor so far is the caramel macchiato you just shake the canister and spray it into your coffee and voila you've got an incredible cold foam coffee no frothing fancy machines or mess required international delight cold foam creamer foams and creams your coffee from top to bottom the best part it works on both hot and iced coffee it comes in three foaming delicious flavors, French vanilla, sweet and creamy, and caramel macchiato. So you can switch things up depending on your mood. Look for your favorite flavor next time you're at your grocery store and be prepared to say goodbye to your barista. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. It's foaming delicious. And without further ado, let's dive into this episode with the one and only Chase Jarvis. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. We've got my man, Chase Jarvis, yes. in the house. Good to see you, brother. Super good. Ugh. Super pumped that you're here. I feel like I've known you. I've known you for almost a decade. Maybe This is true. 2009, 2010, somewhere so. around there, yeah. right? We'll Where call did we it. meet originally? Um, swim team, eighth grade. <laughs> Maybe. I was in the swim team in like fifth grade. I don't know. Was it at, I think it was at uh, actually Tim Ferriss's event. Might have been the first time I met oh, you. His open book, kimono. His is, book launch. Yeah, yeah. Like, School of book launch. Yeah, his kind of secret strategies on how to be a bestseller yeah. and write a great book and stuff like that. Something when, about kimono. Yeah, open the kimono. Yeah, something like that. When was that? I don't know. A long time ago. 2009 or 10? It had to be. Maybe, maybe 2010. Maybe sooner. Maybe. Or sorry. Maybe. Later. Later, yeah. Something around 9, 10 years probably. We've been friends. We've connected in a lot of different places. I feel like I see you all over the world. You know, it's true. And we're kind of like conference junkies <laughs> for years, right? Because yep. we're always like networking at events or you're speaking or something. Yeah. And we've happening. done a great job of bringing one another along to those things. Like, hey, Absolutely. I did a cool thing. Yes. Um, it was fun to be on stage at the uh, Summit of Greatness. Yes. I could drag you to the uh, Obama White House. Yes. Was that you drug yeah. me there? Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Um, we had dinner with uh, like Cory Booker afterwards. Yeah. Was that right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we... I don't know. South by Southwest, we did a like video shoot in a car that you were doing something. That's, that's right, with Uber. Creative Live partnered with Uber. That's and right. Interviewed about it. That was of, fun. It was amazing. That was live, like rolling around live, a live feed in the back that of the That was Uber crazy. For three days. You've had an amazing uh, career. Weren't you a professional, semi professional soccer player? Uh, yeah, I did, the, I did play for the, uh, the feeder team for some of the, yeah. what became the MLS, the right. Sounders. And I was on the Olympic development team. On the years where there weren't Olympics, <laughs> which that's a bummer. That's a bummer, right? That bad, sucks. Bad timing. But I think we've also connected a lot around sports. Sports have played a huge mm-hmm. role in my my journey, and I credit it with a lot of things like discipline and understanding hard work. And 
it's been a huge part yeah. of my life. But if I don't move every day, I guess I start feeling weird even even now. Do you feel like you can be creative without being uh, mobile? Like it's, if you're just sitting around in stillness all day, it's very hard. I need I need both extremes. Um, I need like real quiet, and I need real active act, and active not just in the sports and like physicality sense, but also like travel adventure. I think about them in two different modes. One is like closed and focused and and yeah. creating, and then the other is like gathering raw information out in life, adventure, connection, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, kind of oscillate back and forth. It's hard. It's times. hard to be creative without experiencing life. For sure, that's like a. Isn't it true? Me, it's, yeah, it's a fundamental piece of. You know, we are social animals, and humans. If like, it's it's fact that if a human baby is born and it's not held or coddled, it will die. So we're social animals, and connection is not a nice to have; it's required. Mm. And you know, we're, we'll talk about my new book in a second. That's one of the things I'm putting creativity in that same category as human connection, as nutrition, as movement. Mm-hmm. It's it's absolutely fundamental to who we are. We're a creating species. That's what differentiates us from every other species on the planet. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's it's not an accident that you're talking about all these things like quiet and connection and. Mm-hmm. Nutrition and exercise, they're fundamental. And yeah. for me, creativity is the same thing. When you were playing soccer growing up, was that kind of your main passion and like your full focus and your dream was to be a you know, a soccer player? Yeah, no question. I'm gonna go back one click further. And as a super young kid, I loved performing. Yeah. I was like I did magic shows for my neighborhood. I made a film called The Sons of Zorro when I was like six. <laughs> made the film on a super eight, shot it, acted in it, uh, directed it sold tickets and made a profit on wow. a film and a six, I think it was yeah, a six minute film as uh, as a young kid. And I remember just being, Oh my God, is there a way that I could just do this? Cause this is the most fun thing ever. You know, we washed cars to make money to uh, buy the film. And, and, and then I remember my second grade teacher saying, going to like the traditional school system, my second grade teacher, I remember her over, I remember overhearing her tell my mom, Chase is just lovely, and he's so much better at sports than he is at art. Wow! You know, in second grade, and so you just—is that funny? What we remember for sure? You still remember that? Yeah, thirty I, something years later. I can or tell you exactly where I was standing. Wow! And and it was weird because I liked being creative, and what that did to me right away was, oh, creative was sort of like was like I was bad at it, or it wasn't cool, or in any case, I had to like run away from it. Mm. And those were different times, of course, but I think there's the cultural paradigm, which, which, uh, it unnecessarily steers us. And largely we have a paradigm in our culture of steering us away from creativity and expression. And I think that's changing now, but that's part of why I wrote the books because mm-hmm. we're creative by nature and we're fundamentally, that is, um, it's, 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 uh, a birthright. It's a piece of every, yeah. of, of who we are. So I ran away from that, and I, I then, of course, was wildly passionate about. I was. I consider myself an artist trapped in a jock's body. Right. So yeah, it was. I basically played every sport you could possibly play, every season of every. Yeah, nonstop. Nonstop. I was active: football, basketball, baseball, soccer, skiing, skateboarding, everything. And it was. It became an identity. And mm. what I realized, looking back, was I virtually traded that identity for a creator. And it was skateboard culture actually that helped me understand that you could act, you could be both. It was skate culture, you know, it was like spray paint and punk rock music mm-hmm. and 
course it was a really, you know, athletic endeavor. And, and this was as a young, you know, young teenager, 12 Were or you whatever. skateboarding? Yeah. Oh, wow. Skateboard, BMX, all that stuff too. And I was like, wait, this is that thing that I had denied. I mean, even as a like 13 year old, I remember going, wait a minute, this is the thing that I was denying as my young, as a young person, this like creative part. And yet it feels at home here in skateboarding because mm. again, it was like literally spray, you know, you're building vert ramps and you're spray painting yeah. your favorite, you know, skate logos and you're listening to punk rock music or skate rock. And, and it was also obviously super physical. And so I started understanding how those things fit together. But to go to back to your original point, yeah, I, I, I really relied on sports. And it was because it was super culturally accepted. As, a, yeah. as young people, we just really want to fit in, right? Mm-hmm. And I, oh, what's, what's going to make it so nobody looks at me or the right people look at me? And I just want to like, okay, cool, go over here and stand out or fit in or just not be, quote, weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it was easy for me for sports. Wow. Did you continue in high school doing creative stuff as well? Or were you more focused on sports? Way more, way more sporty. So you weren't making the Zorro part two, no. Sons of Zorro two. No, <laughs> I have the film too. It's Still. crazy. I do have it. Yeah. You should put it out online. I'm, yeah. I, it's going to be a part of my, uh, the, the talk that I give around, oh, around this book. That's yeah. cool. So that'd be um, exciting. Yeah. It's pretty fun. And so, yeah, very much oriented towards sports. Um, when which, did, when did you get back into creativity then? If the sports was your thing in high school, college, yeah, I went to college on a soccer scholarship at a D one school. And I mentioned the Olympic development stuff and it was late in college where I started being really curious about photography. My father was a hobbyist. My grandfather was a hobbyist in these by hobbyist. I mean, they bought all the new gadgets yeah, yeah. and all that kind of stuff and garage and just tinkered. At yeah, yeah, totally tinkered and had and new lenses and all this stuff. And they would take photographs of me and my friends. And I remember looking at the photographs and not, not necessarily like, Oh, Hey, there's me. I'm awesome. But like, Whoa, this is a moment in time. Mm. And I could show this to anyone. And it would they would understand that there's this there's a, a, a peak a moment of peak action or sorrow or emotion or whatever usually around sports and that always intrigued me and then because our college soccer team was one of the top teams in the nation and there was always you know we're on TV for every game and there was always cameras and I started giving the interviews for, you know after the game that like oh he's, I can put some sentences together <laughs> and right. and. And it just, it helped me understand that there was a narrative arc and that there was storytelling was important. And and I gravitated towards it, but I never did anything with it until a week before my college graduation, my grandfather, who someone I, I looked up to and, and was the hobbyist, he dropped out of a heart attack. Mm. I mean, no warning signs, no nothing, just boom, gone. And it's horrible, obviously. The silver lining was that I was gifted his cameras. Wow, that's cool. And it was, you know, I, I think if you just replay that little history there, like young creative kid, if you walk into any sixth grade classroom or second grade, who wants to come up and draw me a picture? Every single hand goes up. But then we have this culture that sort of trains it out of us. And by creativity, I don't just mean like art, right? Creativity is, is building a business, wildly creative, that whole, the, the concept of the film that I talked about. So, you know, and then culture trains it out of us because you ask the same, you know, ask some high school seniors who wants to come to the front of the room and there's, you know, jaded and all of those things about creative. And sure, there's some people that will do it, but it's just, we have a culture that has historically trained that out of us. And then what happened when my grandpa died was it just like cracked me open. And 
the concept of my heart being open, the cameras being there, and my curiosity that I've been building. And I decided to, um, I'd saved up all my money. I got a little bit of money from his, from his passing and decided to uh, run off to Europe. And I got mm. some super, super cheap, like 42 stop discount tickets <laughs> to, to, to get to wherever I could right. in Europe. And, and I basically spent six months walking through Europe, trains, planes, automobiles, all that stuff with my then girlfriend, now wife, Kate, and taught myself how to take pictures. Mm. And that was you know, the silver lining of my grandfather's passing and that cracking open and realized again that, that in a really sort of innocent but pure way that this is fundamental. It just felt good to, to connect with my surroundings and to pursue something, to focus on something. And it activated a piece inside of me that I'd clearly been, had, had shut down. Mm -hmm. Why do we uh, start to shut down creativity? Is it because in school, we need to learn how to make money or get a job or and, yeah. and art or creativity is not a practical way to make money or is that well, that's the irony of this all and that's right. you know one of the reasons i wrote the book is we have uh two things we have an educational system and then an uh an, an occupational system the educational system it, it's really hard to educate around creativity and it's much easier to pursue something that looks like a factory which is you put mm -hmm. kids in one end and you try and keep everybody in the same, you know, learning the same stuff at the same time. If you are slow developmentally, they do everything they can to un unnaturally yeah. drag you through it. You've, we've talked about this mm -hmm. before, about your experience and struggling to read yep. and also being drugged through it all. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't work. No. And the reality is that kids develop at different ages and different styles and, and we have different strengths. And just there's not a lot of room for creativity because we were taught to sit down and shut up. And so after 12 years of that, 12 or 15,000 hours later, what have you learned? You really learned to fit in, to be a cog in a machine. And this is like, again, my wife was a teacher for a long time. Mm -hmm. I founded and owned an online learning company. Like I, I value learning deeply, but just the necessity of sort of modern culture created this factory system. And it, it doesn't actually encourage the kinds of things that we need to be encouraging. And so to me, that's a, a systemic challenge. And then with the employment universe, right, there's a creativity used to be a nice to have. Oh, yeah, it's like a, it's exciting, <laughs> but, you know, how, it's about management and it's about supply chains. And but think of today, the most successful people we imagine are wildly creative, you know, whether that's in business or art or film or any discipline the like apple the most valuable company in the world once thought it was totally crazy why would they make the circuit board beautiful even though you were never going to see it those little details they matter and if you look at pop culture today we see the the rise of creativity it's it's having its day in the sun mm -hmm. and that's part of the reason i think the book is well timed it has been true all along but now it's democratized. We have access to tools that we used to not be able to afford. There, used, there are no gatekeepers. You couldn't have this show 20 years ago mm. because there's no way to distribute it, right? right? And now that you can go direct and connect to people who love you and the work that you do because of these tools that creativity has ultimately created for us. If you look around, like everything in your world, everything was made was created. It was drawn first. It was thought up in the mind of someone else and it came to life largely as a result of someone who's probably no smarter 
than you are, no more talented. Again, I go back to creativity. This, this is this innate thing that we are all born with. That is what defines us as a species. We can put two unlikely things together to form something new and useful. And to me, now we, we can look back at the school system and look, look at our, the future of employment and you realize that you know, creativity is no longer just a nice to have, that it is absolutely as essential as, yeah. as exercise, as nutrition and connection. That's so true. And I really believe that the ones that dream the biggest are the ones that are changing the world. You know, if you have a small dream and you're not able to imagine something greater for yourself, then you're probably not going to create that greater thing. So what happens to someone when they start to become more creative in general, whether it be for their work or their relationships or their life? What happens to their life when they break down the chains of yeah. creativity and start to express whatever their creative expression is? No, it's a, it's a beautiful question, and, and the book is sort of founded on a couple of principles. One it's just it's not a radical idea when you when you just listen to it that every human is creative right and again you go back to the first grade classroom the next sort of what follows from that is that creativity is a habit it's not a skill it's something we're born mm. with and it's something we, it's a practice not a product and it's like a muscle and as an athlete you and i both know that what gets used you build right you if you need to do bench and you just spend a lot of time under the bar you're going to get stronger the same is true with creativity. Now, if, if, if that logically follows, the third one is that the same things that we do to create small things in our life, whether it's your first business, washing cars, it's taking photographs every day. Creative writing. Yeah, creative yeah. writing, a morning journal, anything. The muscle that you're using in that moment, that creativity muscle, that is innate in everyone. You use it or lose it. That that is the same exact muscle that we use to create our lives. Mm. So it's it's literally when you you go back to your question, you ask someone like what 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 is how does creativity help you? Creativity is li literally the key to creating the arc of your life. All you're doing right now is creativity at a larger scale. Yeah. You go back to where you were on your sister's couch, injured, no longer a football player and struggling with depression and you created the lives that you see that you admire they were created mm -hmm. you don't find secrets you create them you you don't you don't uh, i think it's funny they call them founders like we build companies we've i didn't find anything <laughs> I, <laughs> you created it i created it yeah it's true and so to me that the essence of your question is is a kernel in the book that i'm i think is emerging right now in popular culture that the things that we do, that those acts every day, that kid, that eight-year-old kid that made the Zorro film, and seeing that product of my work. I've recently joined the world of home ownership. And one thing I've learned is that there's so much more freedom with what I can do with my home, but also so many more decisions to make. Figuring out where to start on big projects like a complete room makeover can be overwhelming. But with Crate and Barrel's free interior design service, a design pro can provide design and styling help for projects big or small. Whether you're redesigning your living room, choosing a new dining room table and chairs, or even just styling a bookshelf. Work one-on-one -on -one with a design pro who will 
work with existing furnishings and help you choose new ones. Get 2D layouts and even 3D renderings so you can actually see your space to help you decide. Did I mention it's free? Yes. Having fun exploring the possibilities of what you can redesign or have the design desk help. Go to crateandbarrel.com or your local store to make an appointment with the Crate and Barrel Design Desk. My career not only requires me to travel, but also gives me the freedom to. Traveling has brought me so many positive experiences and memories. Like that time I spent the holidays at an Airbnb in Big Bear with some of my extended family, and it was the perfect way to come together and connect with my family that I don't see that often. If you have a similar setup that allows you to travel often, have you ever thought about your empty home while you're gone? More specifically, how you can make some extra money by keeping your home occupied while you're out of town. I'm a big advocate for setting up a side hustle to give you an extra stream of income and Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start. Many people host on Airbnb, including some friends of mine, but there are some people out there who've never even realized their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you've got yourself an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com host. Isn't it obnoxious when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print or bills that seem to go up for no dang reason? Like when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying even more than you would have elsewhere? At Metro by T-Mobile, there's nada yada yada. That means no contracts, no price hikes, no surprises. They don't even want me to speed through the legal, so here it is. When they say no price hikes when you join, they mean your price will never increase for talk, text, and smartphone data plans. Their only exclusions are for limited time promos, per-use charges, and third-party services. I guess that really is nada yada yada. At Metro by T-Mobile. Nada yada yada. Helped shape my understanding that I could actually create the life arc that I wanted for mm -hmm. myself. It's right. just creativity at a different scale. How much happier or less happy are creative people that are practicing on a daily basis mm. their creativity? It's Yeah, we've got this myth. In our, in <laughs> They're our, like the miserable artists, yeah. right? It's but, like, that, but the reality is you do the science and that's just a myth, uh -huh. right? So there's two really toxic <laughs> myths and we talk about in the book. One is the starving artist. Richard Branson, Lewis Howes, Debbie Millman, Brene Brown, Jared Leto. I'm just like, random, like they're some of the most creative people I know. Mm -hmm. We all have our shadow selves, but I think the power and understanding that you are in charge and you can create the life arc that you wish is, to me, that's empowering. The, 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 the starving artist is a myth that came out of the Paris scene around a, ca a cafe called Du Magot where Simone de Beauvoir and Jean-Paul Sartre and these folks, like... It was a benefit to talk about how you would. I would never trade my art for the, oh, right. the money. It's and, right. and usually that it's meant priceless. They, but right. they couldn't actually sell their art. <laughs> and 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 ultimately, the other myth is that you know we're tortured. Only great art or creativity comes from pain. Yeah. Right. And I think that's another thing that keeps a lot of people from thinking of themselves as a creator. Like, I don't know. I I have a nine to five job. I like my job. I come home. I've got a couple of kids. I kiss my partner, we have a nice meal or whatever that like, I'm trying to paint something that is a little more stereotypical specifically because like, wait a minute, I'm not 
you know, strung out on heroin and right. and homeless, doing and, yeah. damage to myself, living in someone's attic, or right, <laughs> right, and that's not required for creativity. There's no berets. There's no, you know, you don't have to speak French. You don't have to go on some mission to find yourself. What you really got to do is you got to just acknowledge that you're a creator. Like words matter, right? Words, and, and you, you do a lot of mental and visualization. What you tell yourself, how you think, that matters. Mindset matters. And the same is true with a creator. If you acknowledge that you're a creator, you're already 50% ahead of someone who doesn't feel like they are in charge and can control their own life. And again, the, the parallel between taking a photo every day, making a meal, being intentional about what, and you don't have to, like, again, you don't have to go take a class. You can start tomorrow just thinking about, wow, this meal is an opportunity to do something different, to create. My morning pages, like, uh, maybe I'm going to draw a picture today. I'm just going to deviate a little bit. The, the pictures mm. that I take at lunchtime when I walk around my iPhone, that's soothing and that's a, that's a muscle that I'm building that will ultimately add value to mm. my life. So, you know, I think it's, it's a pretty simple paradigm and that's part of what people, I think, miss and what our culture has missed, which is one of the reasons I'm, I'm put it all in a book. Uh, and I think we're early on in the movement. You can feel, you can feel it, right? The fact that you can be a YouTuber, like that that's a thing. Mm -hmm. Most of the jobs in the creative economy um, are not just movie stars and television directors, and they all are wildly creative. Writing code, wildly creative. You know, so again, it's not just art. It's mm -hmm. anytime you're putting these new things together. And if you start to, to clock creativity in that way, you start to, your mind is open to like, wait a minute, this is, it's not whimsical. It's not naive to pursue the things that you love and to pursue creativity. It is the most practical thing mm -hmm. on the planet yeah. because it teaches you to build not just things in a small way, but whatever you want to do with your life. What would you say, I mean, rough estimate, maybe there's research out there, but people who are working a, a, a job mm -hmm. and kind of have that stereotypical life of partner, a kid, couple of kids, sure. dog, whatever. They've got that lifestyle. How creative are those individuals on a daily basis? On a scale of like one to 10, are they at a two or a five or yeah. what, what are they? I put them pretty low and I put them pretty low. I put their capacity at a 10. Everyone's capacity is a 10. I put what culture does to us and puts us at a two. And I, it's really important for me to put a pin in this and say, I'm talking about this like I had it figured out from day one. But the reality is when I was hardworking and young and I, there, none of my parents you know, graduated college, I was the first one to, to, to go. And if you're finding success in that system, I was actually programmed like, oh, oh, you're smart and hardworking, you should be a doctor or a lawyer or a, you know, I was given like five things. And my parents are cool, super cool, but culturally, like that is pressure, yeah. that is pressure to and to to be crystal clear, I'm white. I'm male. I was born in America. I I did come from a lower income family, lower middle class family, but I basically had every advantage. And acknowledging that that I wanted to pursue something other than the stereotypical norm was the hardest thing I'd ever done because I felt like I was abandoning, it was really confusing time. I was abandoning my parents, abandoning culture. What are my friends going to say? What are my par friends' parents going to say? What is the person on the street going to say? And at the same time, I knew that I was passionate about something different. We all have this whisper inside of us. That's the calling that I talk about. And 
the feelings of not only betraying everybody else by not loving being the list of things that you should do, but the, the flip side of the same coin, the betrayal of yourself when you're not doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing, yeah. I think is a, is a, is the a worst regret. It, right? it is. It's regret. And it is a equation for pain. Mm-hmm. It is it an equation is. for suffering, for denial of yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, the book, we talk, I talk, we, <laughs> very crisply, very, very crisply about hearing that call. It's inside every one of us. And even if that call is just a whisper, you'll have the ability to tap into that. Even, and you've all done it before. Everyone who's listening right now or watching or whatever, you felt it. You felt that time where everything was like, where it was a flow state or whatever. You're doing the things that you loved with the people that made you excited, with the, focused on something that brought you joy. That can be every day, and it's not a myth or fiction that you can't. And to go back to your question again, like, so everyone's a 10 on the scale of capacity, creative, creative, right? yeah. creative capacity, but our culture, it's, it's not beneficial, especially in the most recent chapter of our culture around the factory and the farm, and the, that you, to, you express that. Because what's, you know, again, get in line, sit down, shut up, do your job, and what are we missing as a culture? And I'm not saying everyone should go be a painter. Like that's not at all what I mean. <laughs> but if you can listen to that thing, exercise in small daily ways, this habit, build this muscle in the same way that you're taught to eat well and exercise as a core piece of what we're talking about, then you will unlock powers that you mm. know not. Like it will rock you. And it starts out small. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's like you, you do this and you're like, oh my gosh, I can do this on the side. Just think of like something like 50% by 2020, 50% of U.S. employed people will have a side hustle. 50%. 50. By 2020. What? I, started, I started this, this statistic no back way. in like 2017. 50% of the working American population, and this is not the whole population, not 300 million, it's of the working population, mm-hmm. which is like 150 million or something. 50% of them will make some money on the side by 2020. Could be twenty bucks on the side. It could be sure you could have a, yeah you could a, yeah you could you know design wedding cards wedding wedding invitations for your friend wow. you could and that's not going away that's only increasing and what that is is that is this we're we're breaking free of these old patterns we're starting to acknowledge this really really important piece in every one of us and we're learning we're 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 developing tools to break out of the system that. This is the same reason that you have your own podcast that you couldn't have had that 15 years ago. And that system is coming along. I'm just asking everyone to grab hold of it and make something make it's not too late whatever wherever you are in this paradigm, it's not too late to start something tomorrow. And again, it doesn't mean quit your day job, move to Paris, wear a beret, smoke a cigarette. This is not yeah. a requirement. Go on a a drug journey or something. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. It's, none of these things are requirements. What is, and what I, what I really is important is acknowledge those three things, right? That you're a creator. There's creativity inside of every person that if you use it, it's like a muscle, it will get stronger. And when you use it more often that what you're really developing is your capacity to grow, change, develop, and shape your life in a way that is, that provides the meaning that you seek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's a question. The whisper, the calling that you talked about that's inside of all of us, I hear that all the time. And I usually go after those things. And some of the times I'm like, this doesn't make sense for my business or my brand. Mm-hmm. It's probably against you know, making me money. Sure. So how do we manage the calling 
when maybe it won't make us any money or won't really make an impact in a bunch of people's lives or no one else is going to care about it, but we care about it. Sure. And it's time-consuming. There's unknowns and uncertainties to when we put it out there. Are people yeah. going to accept it? Are we going to make any side money? Or is it just going to take yeah. up a lot of our time? Is it still worth pursuing that creativity if no one else cares? Yes, pers- pursuing creativity has it's all of its own merits built in. Because even if you're not doing the thing that lights you up or makes you money or whatever, the simple act of pursuing your own innate creativity will be the best guide that you have in the world to get you there. The combination of your intuition plus your ability to put two things together is the best. Notice it's a compass. It's not a map. Mm. Okay, there is no map. There is no thing that says, I start here. And anytime you think you can see the whole path in front of you, you're wrong. What you All you really need to do is to see a couple of steps. Because ask anybody if they visualize the whole... And, and I'm big into visualization and meditation. Usually what will manifest is the end result, but you, you'll get it a different way. That's what I mean by you just need to be going in the right direction. And that's why your creativity plus your you know understanding what you love, you put those two things together and it's the best compass known to humanity. Mm, I like that. So when should we give up on our creativity? Mm, we um, should never give up on our creativity. Uh, let's say a, a certain project. I'm a painter. I sure. love to paint. No one cares. <laughs> yeah, again, go <laughs> I'm back. a horrible painter. Totally. I, and, and you're chronicling my my life. I don't I, like. I've <laughs> I've quit so many things. I dropped out of a, a, a you know medical school. I thought that was right. really powerful. I I think I'm. Um, as a creative craft goes, I'm most well known for photography and, and building businesses. And I started out painting, painting with um, oil painting. And it was so slow. I was just, it was driving me crazy, crazy. <laughs> crazy. And I'm like, what can happen now? Faster, faster. So yeah. I actually moved to acrylics and then acrylics were, even though they dried in a, you know, a single sitting, I was just like, photography was ultimately yeah. like instant gratification. Yeah, it's like a thousandth of a second. You're like, got the shot. So it's not about, only about discovering your your one creative craft because we all again this is the thing when you start to understand the power of creativity you start to see it everywhere whether you're cooking a meal writing code even you know um uh leading a meeting at work that can be a creative creative act and knowing when to quit is if my friend chris gillibo who you know chris he um, he's got a really effective way, and I think I cite this in the book. He's got a really effective way of like, is it working, and do you love it? And if it's if you love it and it's not working, keep doing it because you love it. And what's the end result? Like, start reshaping what your goals are because you love it. If you don't love it, and it's working, mm. you're like, hmm. Then you have a decision to make, right? This is, goes back to like, oh, is it for my brand? Is it? Eh, eh. If it's not working and you don't love it, <laughs> why are you doing well, it? Why are you doing it? Really, it's just it's a simple two by two, and I think it, it's it's brilliantly simple. But that is part of I think what can shed a, uh, some light on: Do I keep going? What you have to keep going on with is your creativity. That's more, the, the subtitle of the book is "Establish a Daily Practice, Infuse Your World with Meaning, and Succeed in Work and Life." And the practice part of it is again I'm, I, you don't have to drag out your canvas and you, this is not oil painting yeah totally it's not it's not what i'm talking about sit with it, a nude 
individual <laughs> every day practicing. Right, but but just acknowledging that the things that you're doing, that even what you decided to do the first thing you woke up, that you were in charge of that. Yeah. Well, I've got three kids, two dogs, uh, 60 hours a week job, tons of bills. How am I going to create? And I got to work on my health. I got to make my family happy. I've got no time at night. How can I add creativity into my life in a daily practice? What are things I can do? Sure. You, you know, um, you've had Tony on the show. We both know mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Robbins. He talks about net time, no extra time, not extra time. So this is not a thing that you have to like, again, go into the closet and drag your craft thing. As I, I'm, I really want to debunk that idea. Sure, it's helpful. If you want to do yeah, that, it can yeah. be relaxing and all that stuff. But what if you just thought about, like, we're intentional with creating the meal for the family that night, mm. and you did something special? Even literally the intention of setting that intention when you start to prepare the meal that you there that you are designing this, mm-hmm. that you position it in a way that the uh, just the intention behind it, setting an intention, um, is enough. And then morning pages, for example, can you get up? So a journal. Yeah, a journal. Morning, morning, yeah. yeah, your journal, you know, get up at 5, 15 minutes before you normally would and have that time to write down some things that you're grateful for. Um, when you're, when you do see, like, I would say 90 something percent of the people who are listening or watching right this minute have taken a picture with their phone in the last week. Yeah. Day. Day. Yeah. Okay. Rather than like, oh, I'm documenting that just like, wow, this is an opportunity to create a moment with my kids home run or with, you know, photographing this food beautifully or the sunset or whatever cliche we want to get to. Like if you can just pause and be aware that your creative agency is driving right, right at that moment. Don't just take a photo, be be intentional about how you want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Just even for a moment. Mm -hmm. That it's that, and and it's you. You do that. You put that on repeat. It starts to become a thing for you, and it is like the world opens up. So it's not actually saying, you know, if you can take an hour a day and paint, great. Sure. But if you don't have that specific time, how can you be creative throughout your entire day? While you go to work, when you're driving, when you're speaking to someone, when you're presenting, how can you reshape? The way you present. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yes, it is. Even if you're an accountant. Yeah, whatever you're creative, doing. Creative accounting. It sounds like an anomaly. Like it's the true. IRS might, love, might not love it, but as a coder, there's like, there's a beautiful way to write code. Yeah. I think, it's, I think you can embed this in everything you do in your life. You can make it a game every day where it's like every conversation I have, I'm going to use a new word of the day. Be playful. There's Be a playful. Lot of, sure, there's a lot of play. There's a lot of what yes. connects you to the things that mattered as you were a kid. Um, and... And again, it used to be thought that this was naive for pursuing it or even whimsical, but just look around. Yeah. The the most successful people that you know, they created business models that didn't exist. They method acted. They got so into their characters that they were able to transform themselves. Yeah. And the you know, there's usually this connection, a kindness, a groundedness with the people that I am most attracted to that I think inspire me the most. And you look at them wildly creative mm. and it's just basically it's a new lens that we're able to see the world with because creativity is sort of you know it's finding its its day it in is the sun. yeah it is something you do that's really well is you're a master networker mm. and i think the successful creative artists that can monetize their art 
some of them actually, I'm not saying this isn't you, but some of them actually aren't the best artists or creatives, but they're really good at building relationships and branding themselves. Yeah. How important is it is it for artists who want to make their living full time as being creative to build powerful relationships as part of their art? The book the, there's a framework for the book, and the framework is called Idea, and it's just it's four steps to a process. And this process works if you're trying to do create a meal, or you know paint a paint a painting, or build a business, or you're thinking of it in terms of, of your life. And it's a repeatable creative process. I is for imagine. D is for design. E is for execute. And A is for amplify. So I'm going to rip through these real quick because I really want to hang on to amplify, which is the essence of your question. You've said it a couple times already in this conversation. Like imagine, like what do you want for yourself? You get up, what's your perfect day? That's imagine you're visualizing. Visualizing. Yeah, yeah. what is possible? And if you're not doing that, you're really missing out on the best stuff in life, right? Mm-hmm. I think you're, you're yeah. a huge advocate of that. You're getting so. the scraps of life that are just totally. around as opposed to creating what you want. Totally. You're a cork in the tide and life is happening to you yeah. rather than for you. Exactly. So imagine what's possible. Now you have to design. There's no such, you, you don't actually get the thing that you imagine without designing a way to get there. If you don't know where you're going, you're never going to get there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like designing a system, and this is through a set of daily habits. This is through a, a visualization of what you see for yourself. It's how do I learn this, the skills or, or, or whatever is necessary to reach what I imagine? And then execute, right? You have to actually do the work. That's the part that people don't like. They want to shortcut that. The reality is if you are not, if you're shortcutting, you're not going to be, you know, how many People have said the 10,000 hours you yeah, talk exactly. about Kobe Bryant or anyone who's the best in the world at whatever it is that they do. Melissa Arnault, a friend of mine who's summited and successfully returned from Everest without oxygen. First wow. U.S. woman to do that. Like These are executions. They're executing against a plan. And then the last one, which is German. You can claim victory in sports, on the job site, even on your taxes by switching to H&R Block. Block offers many ways to file to fit your schedule. A 100% accurate return on your max refund or your money back. Plus, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. Switch today and feel like a tax champion. This tax season, it's better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. Disclaimer, all tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Description of benefits and details at at hrblock.com slash guarantees. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of just you. For instance, the song you stream over and over again while you're in your 13th hour of gaming at 4 a.m. in the morning with all the lights off, trying not to wake up your roommates, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are the best to listen to on your way to the gym and back, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you, makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you and the ability to choose the plan that you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies is what the State Farm Personal Price Plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. And to your point, and that is Amplify. 
so many people do the first three, and if they're not sort of completing this cycle, they don't. They haven't built. There's a huge section in the book about this. It's basically about community. You can call it networking. You can call it whatever you want, but you're building community. You're, you're, and and something amazing happens when you build community. You know, I like to say, be the fan that you wish you had. If you want more likes and and followers on your Instagram, like like and follow more people. If you want people to show up to your art show, if you want people to subscribe to your business, if you want like, then you need to participate in all these other things because that's how it's this, true. It, it's built on it's effort. Yeah, it's effort. It's, it's built on reciprocity. I talk about it also as the other 50%. This is the 50% of the things that no one, that everyone who's successful does. Yes. And no one who, and everyone who's not successful in their own definition doesn't understand that 50% of that person's time was built around building community. And it can be built in all kinds of different ways, digitally, physically, mm-hmm. relationships with, you know, very, very close relationships. Online events, offline events, sure. whatever it may be. Meetups, groups. Yeah. yeah. And it's a, the community part is huge. And, and we go deep on this. It's like, oh, I'm an introvert. I'm an extrovert. How do I do this? So it's, it's going to be okay. There's a path for <laughs> right. everybody. Right. And your community is not about having a million people. If you're a blacksmith in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, your community could be the 16 restaurateurs that come to you for their knives. That's and, it. And, and you're building those relationships with those 16 people. For sure. So it doesn't need to be a million followers on Instagram. It, it is whatever it is. There's two types. Mm-hmm. One is a community that you can join and connect with that, that exists today. And the other is the one that you build around your mm-hmm. own work. And I'm really intentional in the book about this because this is, to me, this is like the, if you go back to the beginning of our conversation and how do you get you know, it's like, great, you, we were creative and then we realized that we, there was all this shame around that and so we hit it and you know, now we're talking about um, being successful and building big businesses and like, the, oh, here's the black box and no one knows what happens in there. And to me, that's what, you know, I try and spell that out really clearly. The, I'm trying to be both really theoretical and help people understand how important creativity is as a, as a human condition, as a human muscle and there's a bunch of tactics in it, like building community, whether like, I know how you built your community. We've talked about it a lot. It's very intentional. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen on accident. You no. just didn't walk, walk through life. You know, right. you're like, it's one person wanna, at a time too. It's yeah, building. Yeah. And I want to bring people on my journey with me. And you know what? That's contagious. You see someone who's excited about what it is they're doing. What does it feel like? The, the most, like you want to exci- be a part of it for sure. Too, yeah. yeah. Or just connected to that person. Like that's great energy that I love what he or she is doing. I, I love what they are building and I want to be a part of it. Like those are things that are, again, go back to us being social animals. It's what I'm saying sounds radical, but you look around at the, at the day to day and your empirical evidence. It's just, it's, you can't argue with it. It's so true. Yes. There's two things I wanted to add to this that you just talked about. My brother is a jazz violinist. It's very hard making a full-time living doing jazz violin, mm-hmm. right? Even the jazz world in general. There's yeah. not many people that are making six figures in that world. And he always talks about it. He creates education for other creative string players and jazz musicians, and he builds networks and, and um, events and festivals and stuff. And he always says, you know, you're not going to get discovered. You're not just going to be able to master your craft and hope that someone's going to discover you in your garage, totally. right? You've got to be putting yourself out there constantly yeah. and doing these two things that you said. One is um, creating the community that you're going to attract people yeah. into and then joining other communities. For sure. You've got to do both. You have to. And there is not an example of success, certainly consistent success, mm-hmm. that hasn't done those things. Yeah. 
you know, we're here in LA, right? How many um, actors move to LA and they're great at their craft, but they don't know casting agents. Right. And they don't It's all about any- the people you connect with. For sure. And to me, whether uh, you, whatever it is you're trying to build in life, this connection that you can make with other people is a huge part of it. Just take a mega super band. I write about Metallica. Any, just fill in your blank. Even if it's a solo performer, the amount of people that have to come together to create the performance that you watch. A lot. Yeah, it's a lot of people. And you know, I think that's part of just this myth that an artist has a beret, smokes a cigarette, right. and goes into the, the woods and writes something magical and comes out. No. What happens is they go into the recording studio, the they team. work their ass off, or they f- have three or four failed products, and then they make one thing and they show it to a small group of people. They get feedback, and it's a, it's a very slow process. It's team intensive, and whether your team is one or two or three or ten, it starts to... St- think and feel like a community, mm-hmm. right? And then as that community grows over time, human by human, one at a time, or at scale on the internet, like that's how success happens. That's you know the part of succeed, not just in work, but in life. I think that the community aspect can't be ignored. And go back to that idea system just for a second. If you're not doing the full system, like imagining, designing, executing against it, and then amplifying it through your community, if you're just doing, say, you're imagining and you're designing a plan, but that's all you ever do, you're a dreamer. Yeah. You're a poser. And let's just say you just execute against the, the plans of others and then you do the work to you're a copier, build, right? their, build their thing. You're a copier or worse, you're just a cog in a machine mm-hmm. that's not able to express yourself. So it's this whole system. And again, whether you're baking a cake or you're trying to define your life, part of my in distilling this was like, wait a minute, every success I've ever had, every success of the hundreds of people that I've had on my podcast, you know, the Bransons, the Brene Browns, the Damon Johns that, you know, that have largely been on your show too. There's this, they they have done this thing. They may have had a different name for it, but it was a very, it's a very simple structure that is proven. If you just deconstruct the work of the best people in any discipline, there's some shape to this, this system that I've laid out in the book. You've got a very successful business, Creative Live, which is all about you know, creativity for people and online learning and education. You've got your photography business. You've got your podcast or, I guess, show, yep. Yep. Chase Jarvis Live. You've got a lot of different projects. seems like it's happening at the same time. Why create a book right now hmm. when you've got so much going on? Well, two things. I think that we, we, we like to choose our projects, but sometimes our projects choose us. Yes. And this book has been um, a factor in my psyche for years and years. And um, It's been a creative calling for years. It has. Aspect. And I think it's important for the, the listeners to know that what, what good is a book that tells you how to do everything perfect? It's like, oh, if you're going to build a business, always do this, never do this, always do this, never do this. And you're like, okay, I started at A and I go through it. No, this is like littered with my biggest failures, the failures of others, the biggest struggles, the, the muddy hills that we have to climb up to find who we are and, and do the things we want to do with our lives. So this particular book for me was, it, it's basically an aggregate of all these things. And I look at my own arc, I had to, I had to figure out that, what I wanted to do with my life. I had to become and identify with a creator. I actually had business cards that printed up that said Chase Jarvis photographer. 
before I even had anything before I even owned my own camera. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because I, you know, that's like you identify. You envisioned you, it. Yeah, for right. sure. But as I, I, I became a creator, and then I started doing things and building communities, and then I, I did an iPhone app that was basically a tool that was used by millions of people. Preceded Instagram by a couple of years. App of the year in two thousand nine, and then. That's a tool. So I, I became a creator. Then I started building tools for creators, and then I created a platform for tens of millions of people, tell tens of millions of people to learn and pursue their creative passions. And to me, what was missing in all this was the why. It's like, why do this? Why is this? What's? Why is this valuable? Why would I care? And so, to me, the book it was an essential piece of this puzzle that I've been building of my life, and you know. 10 years into creative life, it was just like, wait a minute, like what's the, what's the why? And I knew my why, but I felt like I hadn't drawn a circle, put a bow on the things that I'd been creating. And it's because it's the most powerful faculty that we have as humans, creativity and love. Like those things come together. That is, that is again, that's the human condition at its peak. It, it is the, it is the connection of those two things. So to me, the, the, the book had to come out in a very sort of meta way. That's what I was thinking. And then let's, let's get really tactical for a second. Like, I had to get this thing out of me. I was like, it's percolating. It's <laughs> driving me it crazy. I, I, I think about it. And I do love, I think this is another thing about creativity, that we're taught to just grind, just put our head down and grind is the answer. And mm-hmm. in reality, some combination of pursuing a couple of different things at the same time when you get stuck on one, you kind of leaned into another. That's a really effective way to get unstuck. That's true. If Having you, something in the pipeline as well, something yeah, else, right? For sure. And it's not just you know always drop something and leave it forever and go on to the next thing. That's that is probably uh, you're running away from something. Yeah. It had a couple of different functions. Mm-hmm. Love it, man. Well, the book is out right now. By the time this comes out, it's called Creative Calling: Establish a Daily Practice, Infuse Your World with Meaning and Success in Work and Life. Make sure you guys get this book. You've got some um, places they can get it online. I think you might have some bonuses or something extra if they go to yeah, go where? to creativecalling.com. Creativecalling.com. There's probably an experience that you'll put them yep. through or some for sure. There's a, add-ons there's and a couple, goodies. A and- couple of options there for sure. You can get it wherever books are sold. Right. And we're going to do a special thing for everybody who um, buys it right away before. I'm not quite sure when this is going to drop, but we're going to. there's a, a class at Creative Live. Really? Are you leading a class? I am. When's the last time you led a class? I've there? only led one other class. Was it, it like was, the first one or something? <laughs> no, it wasn't even the first one. It was like the thousandth. And really? It was a, a collaboration with Apple. Wow. We then took photography. Took, yeah, it was a, an iPhone photography class. And I remember this. That, that yeah. rolled into all 500 Apple stores I remember worldwide. This. I was with you when you were like, <laughs> there you go. That was happening or something. Yeah. yeah. And um, and so this, uh, it it basically is a, a, a digital understanding, an accompaniment that is, there's a bunch of stuff in there that's not in this book. And uh, that's at Creative Live. So wow. if you buy the book, uh, you pre-order time. It. Yeah. So I, I, th- I don't know. I think yeah. This yeah we'll is put it out the week before. Yeah, probably. something like this. And even if you don't, I think you know there'll be some element it's of it. Play or something. I think we're gonna actually do a, a, a not a chapter by chapter, section by section read along, where we'll bring the community along to have mm. some discussion around it. So there you go. Wow. It's, yeah. Appreciate creativecalling.com. You're gonna yep. do a course or yep. a class at Creative Live. Yep. That's a pretty special deal. Yeah, there's a, a lot of people using that. I mean, I'm not really a, a hashtag, a big hashtagger, but there's already a, the book just uh, was announced, whatever, two weeks ago, and uh, and there's already 
I don't know, two or 3,000 wow. hashtags. What is it, creative that, calling? Creative calling. Yeah, and it's to me, it's just really important that the, the takeaway is that this isn't just about art. That creativity, it infuses meaning in our lives and mm-hmm. helps us. It, it transforms our lives. It gives us personal power in a way that nothing else in our capacity can. Mm-hmm. I love it, man. I'm excited. I'm going to take the class, too. <laughs> Do it. Creativecalling.com. Check it out. They can also follow you, Chase Jarvis, on yep. social media, on everything. I'm, I'm at Chase Jarvis or slash Chase Jarvis. The same is true with Creative Live. It's yeah. at Creative Live or slash Creative Live. Right. And yeah, or you can also just get it wherever books are sold. Yeah. You know. Are you doing any bonuses if people buy yes. bulk and they can get like a Creative Live class for free or something? Um, or who knows? It, yeah, it's actually- Throwing it out there as an idea. No, no. It's a little, um, <laughs> it's a little beefier than that. It's- um, there's some mentorship. Wow. There's a, a series of videos. Um, yeah. So and that's all at creativecalling.com. They yeah. can see all that stuff. Yeah. I love it. Love it, man. What What's something that people need to know? This final couple of questions. Sure. What is something that most people don't know about creativity that they really need to know? That it's for everyone. And it's not just a thing that's imbued to a lucky few. That it's a thing that we're born with. It defines us, uh, gives us the agency over our own lives and we've been sold you know we're suckers who were sold a lie by a machine that didn't it wasn't intending to do harm it was for the times it that was the best way that culture could wrangle put its arms around humanity and we're in a different time now and we need different tools what got us here will not get us there so creativity is going to underpin the solution to every problem we've ever known the hunger crisis any humanitarian crises like those solutions are all going to have an element of creativity. Yeah. So um, it's much bigger than art, which is, it's, it's a good place to start, but it is, again, it's much bigger than that. Everything, the planet problem, the issues with the uh, ecosystem and everything, the pollution, you know, all plastic, those, all the yeah. biggest problems in the world, that's where we have an opportunity to bring out our creativity. For sure. Right? And, and you've seen it solve problems before, like electricity, that's just electrical engineering plus creativity. The wheel, mechanical engineering. Like, let's yeah. just talk about some fundamental stuff. Like yeah. someone had to think around and, and figure that out and they had to draw yeah, a I picture. Gotta, I got to take a donkey everywhere or do I, what's a faster way? <laughs> totally. Yeah. And, they, and they drew a picture of it first. All the, every spaceship that you see, yeah. it was drawn first. Crazy, right? It was drawn by some artist somewhere and everything around you, everything without exception was designed why not you? Yeah, I like that. Well, I acknowledge you, man. I love you. I appreciate you for being here because you bring a lot of permission for people to express their creativity when maybe they don't feel like they're capable of doing it. And I love that you continue to express it online, doing projects like this to give us tools and information. So make sure you guys get this book. You do it with so much joy and love. And that's what I appreciate about you is you make creativity fun. Thank you. Art fun. And Built with community and people involved. It's not just like, look what I'm doing by myself. You always bring other people involved in the creative process of your work of art. So I really love that about you. And I think that's the way art should be created. It's collaborative. Thank you for acknowledging that. I really appreciate it. It means a ton. And you know how I feel about you. We've talked about it all the time. I love you deeply and appreciate all the work that you do in the world. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it, man. Uh, I don't remember if I asked you this question last time. It's called the three truths. Let's see. see, I hate the three truths. I don't remember what you said last time, but let's see if there's a... Let's I see should have you... prepared. I should have known I was going to get attacked by the three truths. So imagine it's your last day on earth. Okay. You've created every creative project you want to put out into the world. But for whatever reason, you've got to take those projects with you. 
you've taken it all with you when you pass, right? Hypothetically. But you have a piece of paper and a pen to write down three things you know to be true about your life and the lessons you would leave behind. And this is all people have to remember you by. Uh, these three lessons or three truths. What would you say are yours? One, that every person is creative. We're endowed with limitless creativity that can power not just one life, but a billion lives. The second is that this creativity is a process, a practice. It's not an, it's not an end, it's a journey. And that it is, it is strengthened through use. And so use it as frequently as you can, acknowledge it, embrace it, and train it like a muscle. And then third, that it is through using this muscle and using it regularly and, and mastering it, understanding it, that you, it, is, it is through this and only through this that you will be able to craft the life that you love, that you seek, and that is in service of others, and nothing else will get you there. Love it, man. And the final Oof. question. <laughs> and the final question. This is even worse. Than this. What's this your definition of greatness? <laughs> <laughs> these are just like any, any, uh, all these like superlatives. Like I just felt like I just uh, got pulled through the ringer. I felt like I just passed a test. Barely. <laughs> barely. Now it's barely. the next test. The yeah, final test. It's the final test. Um, is spending time doing the things that you love mm. with people that you love. There you go. Make sure you guys get the book, Creative Calling. Check it out. Follow Chase Jarvis. Love you, man. Thank you. you. Love you too, bud. Appreciate your support. And there you have it, my friend. I hope you enjoyed this interview. For me, I've always felt like I wanted to be more creative, and I felt like I've used creativity in different areas of my life. But sometimes it gets held back when we think about other areas of our life that need attention, when we think about the responsibilities of life that need our attention. But the funny thing is the responsibilities of our life, like staying healthy and being responsible for our family and our kids and our partner and our relationship and our career, you can infuse creativity in every area of your life. And a lot of this is just about having fun. You know, being creative is for me about having fun and bringing the joy and bringing the magic to every situation. You don't have to be this unbelievable painter to say you're creative. You can just express yourself in different unique ways every single moment of the day to bring creativity to your life. So if you enjoyed this, please share it with a friend, text one person, text a few people, uh, lewishouse.com slash 853, or you can use the, the link on the Apple podcast or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this. And just text one friend who you think this could be helpful to, maybe who's lost some creativity in their life. Maybe they already are a creative or they're an artist and you, you think this could help them grow and earn more money and bring some more structure to their creative endeavors. Wherever it may be, share it with one friend today and spread the message of greatness. You can be that champion in someone's life by sharing this message with them. If this is your first time here, we do this every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We bring you some of the most inspiring people and ideas and topics from around the world to help you unlock your greatness. That's what this is all about, constantly becoming a better human being. We all fall down. We all make mistakes. We're never going to be perfect. But if we can constantly grow, learn, and improve, that, in my opinion, is living a good life. 
If you enjoyed Chase, make sure to pick up his new book. Follow him at Chase Jarvis and tag me on Instagram stories when you're listening at Lewis Howes. I'd love to hear from you over there. I try to get back to as many people as possible. As Pablo Picasso said, every child is an artist. The problem is staying an artist when you grow up. Never grow up. And you can always be an artist in my mind. I love you so very much. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time because messes happen because hey honey you know your dad's world famous chili yeah the one that takes 24 hours to make so I was trying to help out and bring the pot to the table but it was like super hot and then I um dropped it and now the floor looks all you know stained with chili look the point is you guys cool with pizza for dinner (laughs) honey oh yeah that happens so start clean with Clorox use Clorox products as directed At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers. 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One. Because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 